Welcome to the Contracting Officer Podcast. It's not just for contracting officers. If you're anywhere in the GovCon world, this podcast is for you. Our topic today is the Defense Production Act and the Defense Priority and Allocation System. This episode is brought to you by Skyway Acquisition. The Skyway community is your access to a team of contracting officers to help your company learn, win, and grow in the GovCon world. Go to skywaymember.com or listen to the end of this episode to learn more. Okay, let's get started. Hey, Kevin, we've we've actually been able to cover some non-COVID-related topics in the last few weeks. We have, and it's time to get back to one of the bigger COVID-related topics. It's uh, called this this law called the Defense Production Act. Yeah, you may have heard of that. It's been on the news quite a bit lately. It's really a Cold War era law, like 1950 timeframe, that gives some far-reaching powers to the president to increase production in time of crisis. This is for wars. That's what it's meant for. That's why it's the Defense Production Act. But it can be used for many things besides just military-type equipment. One of the features of the Defense Production Act is it really allows the president to skip the FAR and all the competition things we always talk about on the podcast. We'll get into that more in a minute. Bottom line, if your contract is impacted by the Defense Production Act, you don't want to be caught flat-footed. And we're going to do our best to help everyone understand what it means here today. Before we do that, let's stop and say thanks. Thanks this week goes to Brian Glover. Brian is a senior contract specialist at YRCI. That's a professional services firm in the D.C. area. They provide federal customers with human capital, acquisition support, and financial services. I want to thank Brian for liking and sharing our Skyway community posts on LinkedIn and our country officer podcast episodes. The best way for people to find out about us and the services we provide, as well as the Contracting Officer podcast, is for people like Brian to share our content. Thanks, Brian. All right, back to the Defense Production Act. What is the Defense Production Act? As I mentioned in the intro, the Defense Production Act is part of a broad civil defense and war mobilization effort. It's implemented through the Code of Federal Regulations, paragraphs 700 to 700.93, where it talks about the Defense Priorities and Allocation System, DPAS. So Defense Production Act, DPA, Defense Priorities and Allocation System, DPAS is how it's implemented. In most times, it's kind of an obscure law, but it's sort of vaulted into the national consciousness now. Yeah, in short, I mean, the DPA gives the president wide latitude, and in some cases, shockingly wide, right, to ensure military and industrial capacity. That's the concept. There are some authorities in the law that allow for incentivizing contractors to meet requirements that they wouldn't necessarily have had. Also allows for voluntary agreements to be approved. In other words, a contractor steps up and says, I'm going to start making this because the government needs it, and the president can approve. those Without any far reference, I mean, it's, it's way outside the, the norm that we talk about. It can even be used to install equipment in the contractor's facility to build something that they weren't planning on building, you know, the old days, a couple of weeks ago, right? <laughs> so it's a very different approach than what you and I talk about on the podcast all the time. That's what makes this so unique. I was on a webinar recently with uh, Mark Reese. It was a webinar hosted by Jennifer Shoss, and he's an attorney at uh, Crowell Mooring. And Mark's legal expertise is much more refined on this, of course, but he talked about the DPA applying to all persons. 
It's not companies, right? And so think about what that means is that there, you can't say, well, my company is a small business, so it doesn't apply to me. Or my company is based in this state, doesn't apply to me. Or my company, pick a reason. No, it's persons. And the words of that basically means the law applies quite broadly. And therefore, it's worth you and I talking about it because it's <laughs> pretty much going to affect anybody's contract. It's possible. It's possible. The Defense Production Act does a couple different things. First, it allows the government to compel contractors to build or deliver certain things. As in, you will do this, contractor. <laughs> it also allows the government to prioritize the order of, of what contractors deliver. In other words, you will do this first, contractor. Tells them what, the, what they had to do first. And it allows the government to prioritize the use of national resources like rare minerals or metals, those kind of things. In other words, you can't use this now. We have to hoard it <laughs> right. for other stuff. The law pretty much makes it mandatory that contractors have to accept a contract, accept an order if they manufacture the product. And like you said before, it can be used to have contractors manufacture things they don't necessarily do already. Like, here's some equipment. Now you're going to use your factory and your resources to do this. Think about it back, even going back to World War II, where they repurposed automobile factories to build aircraft. It's also mandatory that contractors flow the requirements of the Defense Production Act down through their entire product supply chain. So it's not just the prime contractor, it's everybody that builds the things that allow the prime contractor to deliver the product. The DPA directs the priority of a contractor's deliveries. So if you have to deliver something under the authority of the DPA, you have to deliver that before the rest of your orders. In the event that there's some kind of competition for the materials or resources required to deliver whatever you need to deliver then the buying activities have to sort out. The government has to sort out the scheduling conflicts if everything is a priority all of a sudden. Yeah, that'd, that'd be a rough spot. Everything's a priority. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And if, if there is a problem with delivering on schedule, with meeting the schedule that's required, the DPA requires that you notify the government immediately so that they can work these issues out. So of all of these examples of the things that DPA can do or does today we'll focus on prioritization because this can cut into a contractor's ability to deliver against the commercial contracts they already have against subcontracts they have or even against state and local contracts and all of a sudden the federal government comes in and says do this first and you look around and go well i wasn't planning on doing that first and the dpa says too bad this prioritization is driven principally by what's called the, the defense prioritization allocation system which you mentioned a minute ago the Defense Priority and Allocation System, DPAS, is sometimes called the, the rating system. You either have a rated contract or a not rated contract. And there's two types of ratings. There's DX and there's DO. A DX rating takes priority over a DO rating, which takes priority over an unrated order. So a normal contract has no priority. A DO rating, if that's invoked, you have to deliver it before the unrated order. And a DX rating comes before everything else. Rated programs also get a program identifier symbol. So you're, you might see on your contract DO-A1. The A1 stands for aircraft. If it was A3, that would be ships. That program identifier symbol 
doesn't by itself indicate any priority. So A1 doesn't come before A3. It just helps identify what kind of program it is. There, there were lots of times when I was a contracting officer that I came across DO rated contracts. But in those cases, the rating was just in case, meaning that we thought that there's a likelihood we're going to need this to be prioritized. And as it turned out, it came in on schedule and everything was fine. Or it was for a small amount of a company's sales. It was a very niche thing. So it wasn't hard for them to prioritize it because it was like 1% of their production. Well, they can stick in 1% ahead of time and just deliver faster. So we didn't have to invoke the law as much. Now, because of this, the scale of the COVID pandemic, the potential impact of the Defense Production Act, as well as the defense priority and allocation system, is much more apparent to everybody. It used to be there's only a couple of rated orders that a, that a company would even come across. And now lots of contractors are looking at their contracts saying, uh-oh, do I have a rated order? Mm -hmm. Do I have to put this ahead of everything else? Since 1950, when, when this act was, was authorized, it's been reauthorized over 50 times. Uh, thanks again for Mark Reese, because <laughs> he's the lawyer that gave me all this, this, this info. It has been periodically amended. That's what Congress does. And it remains in force. In fact, in most recently, it was reauthorized in 2019. But the authorities lapse in 2025. So in case you're worried that the president enacts the DPA and then it makes him you know, president of all things acquisition forever, no, this thing is designed to terminate. It's good that they keep it authorized. So it's supposed to be there when you need it. It's also good that it turns itself off in case things got out of hand. Let's talk about where this fits in the FAR. FAR Part 11.602 introduces the Defense Production Act and says that the president is authorized to invoke it and require preferential acceptance and performance of contracts and orders, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> There's a provision and a clause related to this in the FAR. Remember, provisions are in solicitations and clauses are in contracts. 52.211-14 is Notice of Priority Rating for National Defense. That tells you, hey, the contract that's going to be awarded as a result of the solicitation is going to be rated. FAR 52.211-15 is the clause, Defense Priority and Allocation Requirements, that says this contract is rated. The good news is it's not just buried in some random clause at the bottom of your contract or in the bowels of your contract. <laughs> the, the rating is at the top of the SF-26, right very top corner, right, right corner, and it's also in block 13A and 13B of the SF-1449. So moral of the story is it's going to be likely on the front page of your contract. Right. SF-26, SF-1449 are the standard forms for awarding contracts. Yes. I love the, that. the clause should also be there, but it should say right up front if it's rated or not. Moving into the acquisition time zones and execution time zones, when does this rating thing show up and impact you? Like we mentioned, there's a provision that will show up in the solicitation during the RFP zone when the RFP is released. You should also know about that a little bit before the RFP zone, if there's a draft RFP or an industry day, some type of conference, uh, the government may share up front that, hey, what we're going to award is going to be rated. In the execution time zones, you're going to be talking about this during the honeymoon zone where we all confirm, yes, this is a rated order. And then in the performance zone, you need to be aware that in the event that it's enacted, you're going to have to line jump and your subcontractors and suppliers are going to have to line jump. 
the processes they're using to deliver to other customers because now this rated order gives the government priority. I like that. That's a good point. Honeymoon zone. You should, you, you probably never even talked about ratings in your kickoff meetings before. That should be one of the questions that you ask in every kickoff. You should confirm this is rated, right? Got it. Okay. In case you missed the provision or the clause in the contract. Yes, it's, but it's good to talk about regardless. If you're not familiar with the acquisition time zones, they're in episode number three, and then we cover the execution time zones in episode 84. The DPA and these rated contracts, it's, it's sort of like airbags in your car. You know they're there. You don't ever expect to have to use them, but you know they're there. You never really think about it until there's an accident or a <laughs> pandemic. It gives me a great visual. I actually was in a head-on collision once, and it, it happened so fast that I remember you know, I collided. I looked down. I'm like, what's that thing? I'm like, oh, that's what an airbag looks like. But that's kind of how the DPA feels is that for years, these are rated orders that I just dealt with. And then one day it was an issue and I had to deal with it. And now it's a huge issue that all of a sudden we're all talking about. So kind of yeah, like the most it, important thing all of a sudden. <laughs> See, yeah, like the airbags, really important that it worked. Good deal. I'm still here. Yeah. It's important to remember that the requirements that come from the DPA and from your DPAS rating flow through all level of suppliers. If you're a subcontractor, it will be in your subcontract. If you have subcontractors, if you have vendors or suppliers, remember that you could be impacted if they have rated orders that you don't even know about. They could have rated orders that take away the resources or the planned deliveries that you were expecting to satisfy your requirements. Suddenly they say, I'm sorry, you've been trumped by a rated order. We're actually helping a Skyway customer with that very problem where their order was not rated, even though it was critically important to the customer. Their supplier had a rated order that got prioritized over their supplies. Ergo, they didn't get the supplies they needed to be able to deliver to the customer. Now, the government customer is saying, hey, you're late. And they're saying, well, no, you gave us a directed source. We had to go to this, this company to be able to get this product. We weren't rated, so we got line jumped by somebody else. We can't deliver on time. And we're helping them navigate that fight right now. And it's ugly because this is an order that should have been rated, but wasn't. Right. And so now the supplier, the subcontractor in this case, is like, I have to put the rated order first ahead of you. Sorry. Yeah. And it's, since it's a directed source, since the government said you must use this supplier, you don't have the option up front to have other suppliers available or backup sources. Let's get specific on the government side, why the government cares about the DPA and DPAS. This is often treated as a safety net, but it's rarely used, just, just like with the airbag. Don't be surprised if contractors don't know what it is. I assumed everybody knew, right? But again, that's a scary assumption. The only reason I knew about it was I happened to go to some training by the DPAS director for, for you know, one of the divisions early in my career. And I had no idea this was on my contracts. And ever since then, I watched it, right? And now we have several customers who actually have these rated orders and we're dealing with helping them through them now. A more critical issue is that, the con like I was mentioning before, the contractor has an unrated contract and now we want to get them to deliver faster. But without a rated order, they can't line jump rated orders. The rated orders are going to have priority. If you want your contract to be prioritized, you have to rate it ahead of time. In fact, you have to put that provision in that clause in the contract. Yeah, the government can negotiate a schedule acceleration. They can't just say you have to accelerate the schedule. The, the contractor could voluntarily say, this is important. I know I'm going to put, push your order ahead 
and move other stuff around, that's on me. But they could say, we need some type of consideration for going faster. And even if you give them consideration to move faster, if the other rate order is rated, they have to do that one first. They have yep. a clause in their contract says they have to do that one first. And that's a situation that our current customer has. Yeah. So I, I, I know that it's painful to get through. You shouldn't think that the government hands out rated contracts like candy. It's not something that can be just, hey, I'm going to rate everything just in case. There, there. In my experience, there's actually an approval process for issuing a rated order. It has to meet certain criteria. That, that's a really good point. It's kind of like classifying a contract. It's like the, the contracting officer doesn't just decide that it's classified information. <laughs> it's like this isn't a decision made in a vacuum. This is the result of, of a deliberative process. All right, let's flip over to the industry side. Industry folks, as we've been talking about, you do not want to be surprised if you have a rated order and the government invokes it. You should know up front which, which contracts are rated and which aren't right up front. It's also important to remember that this flows through your suppliers. So make sure you flow the clause and the rating down through your subcontracts or you won't be able to use it when and if you need it. If the government says, okay, on this rated contract, we need you to deliver right now and jump ahead of all your other deliveries. And then you call your suppliers and say, we need all the parts right now. We got The government called us on this rated order. You say, well, our contract isn't rated. We have other people that are much more important than you. Yeah, no offense. <laughs> yeah, make sure you flow it down. The DPA can actually look a bit like nationalization of your company in extreme cases. Yeah. Suddenly you're building or delivering whatever the government demands instead of what you want to do. So this is a pretty extreme law. If, if we were in an all out war and had to mobilize all of our com- country's resources towards that war, like we did in world war two, a lot of the, the luxury or non-essential goods that, that we consume now might not be available because all of those factories and all of those delivery at supply chain mechanisms might be called upon by the government just for war materials. We talked about DX versus DO ratings. DX ratings are very limited. It, that's reserved for, for serious national security issues usually. Very few contracts are DX rated. And there's a specific list and includes things like intercontinental ballistic missiles and the B-2 bomber. I mean, these are in submarines. These are major <laughs> systems that, again, not everything is on that list, but you can actually Google it if you're curious. The DO rating is a lot more common. It's not super common everywhere, but it is it's a lot more common than a DX. That sounds like a pretty dated list, ICBMs and B-2s that have been built a long time. I think the important thing that you said if a major system is DX rated, that flows down through all their suppliers. So there's all kinds of little things that you might not think ordinarily would carry a DX rating that Correct. in times of need, suddenly your little widget, if it's used on something really important for the country, your little widget could have to be delivered to the government before anybody else. And that's a good point. I mean, you, you could have your widget, you could make some fuse that goes into a part that goes in that eventually ends up in an intercontinental ballistic missile. So your little part that you manufacture in a small factory with 50 employees might be DX rated, but that'll be on your contract. Yeah. If you're a subcontractor, it might not be as apparent. It might not be on the front of some standard government form. Well, it won't be on the front of some standard government form. Be sure to look for it. Be sure to ask about it when you're signing up to a subcontract. The clause should be flowed down 
So you should see it somewhere, like you said, in the bowels of the contract, but it might not be right up front on the front page of the subcontract. True. Very true. All right, Kevin, with that, let's wrap it up. On the government side, the, the Defense Production Act is, is not often used, but the DPAS ratings, the Defense Prioritization and Allocation System, those ratings are, are a bit more common. However, be aware that your contractors might not know about them. If you're a DOD contracting officer, if you've worked in this environment, they may be more common to you, but don't assume people know about them. Remind them that if it's a, they have a rated contract in case they don't know. And it's, like I said, it's a prime contract. It's right on the, on the usually going to be on the right of the front page of the contract. But your point is a really good one, Paul, that if it's a subcontract, number one, it might not be flowed down. And if it is, it probably isn't in the first paragraph because we just haven't built that habit. On the industry side, same idea. Be aware of what you're in, in your contract. If it's a, if a prime contract with a, with a government, it's going to be on the front page. It's easy to find. And look for that clause. Otherwise, this could be like a time bomb in your contract that all of a sudden, surprise, you have to do this first. And it's a really awkward conversation <laughs> when, you, when you get that phone call saying, hey, drop everything and do this. Yeah, it can, be, a choice. it can be pretty devastating for your business. It, this is instead of delivering things according to all the commitments you've made and in the most efficient way for your company, now you're delivering things based on the DPAS priority. It can be very, very disruptive. But you're delivering important things. Let me know you're delivering important things. So it's something that we all need to be aware of and supportive of. Yeah. And the good news is if you have a rating where you're making something that that the public knows is an urgent need, your other supply, your other customers are probably going to understand, hey, and this will be delayed for a month while I focus on, you know, maintaining world peace. I'll be back. Yeah. You probably won't be that concerned. However, when it's a smaller action, they may not even know about it. That's why it's important to note that clause is in your contract. Let's let's hope that they understand. True. I, I don't, they don't have I don't, to. They, may, they might not care. They might be they able might to not care about themselves. All right, with that, <laughs> I'll talk to you later. I'll see you, Paul. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Contracting Officer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we invite you to check out the Skyway community at skywaymember.com. The Skyway community is the essential resource for anyone at any stage of starting, running, or growing a business in the GovCon world. We speak GovCon. Whether you're new to GovCon, just won your first contract, or you're already a successful government contractor, being a Skyway community member gives you the edge. To learn more, call us at 877-884-5280 or check us out at skywaymember.com. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next week.